Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey. Welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here's your host, Jim Manfredonia. Well, a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy to be here with you, as we are so blessed to be able to come together every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at this hour, 4 o'clock live, and then we repeat the program each of those days at 10 p.m. I am praying, my friends, you're having a blessed, happy, holy, healthy uh, March 26th, a beautiful day outside today. I hope you're getting outside and enjoying some of the beautiful weather the Lord has blessed us with today. You know, you can go outside. Just keep your distance, they say, I suppose, from other people. But my goodness, uh, a beautiful early spring day like this, uh, get out there and take the kids outside. I'm sure they're just itching to get out because you know what? I think the next three days, the weather's not going to be so, uh, so or as pleasant. So take advantage of this time, uh, and I hope you are. Um, very, very strange times, aren't they, uh, my friends? Very strange times. Um, well, today, it is Thursday, and uh, a little later on, uh, we're going to be joined by phone by our friend and uh, Domestic Church Media board member, uh, Brian Middleton. You know, he was with us a couple weeks ago uh, sharing his story, he and his uh, lovely wife Susan, their journey with their daughter Maria, uh, who still suffers from the um, tumor on her brainstem. We're still praying for that miracle. Uh, but Brian is going to join us um, specifically today. I asked him to join us because he's he's uh, in um, has a, a great knowledge about uh, stewardship, and I just thought it'd be you know good to hear uh, put in perspective uh, these days where we are as a church um, in our stewardship and the responsibilities that uh, we have toward that. Um, and uh, so Brian will be joining us in a little bit. I also. Um, want to go to the, it is Catechism Day, and I thought today what we would do is go to the section on the Catechism uh, as it regards the virtue of hope. So, because we need hope. And there's a lot of, we we get a lot of information from all different sources. We did our best earlier this week. We had the bishop join us on Monday. We had uh, uh, the doctor from the Catholic Medical Association join us on Tuesday. Yesterday, Bill Maher was here getting all these perspectives on the various uh, components and aspects of our current situation. I've been avoiding calling it a crisis, honestly, myself. That's just my opinion. Um, I, I, I think any, any, any death and any illness is, is, you know, obviously not a good thing um, and can be a tragic thing. But I, I just think that the way uh, the world is responding to this in our country. Now, it's not to deny that there are other s- certain situations and certain individuals who are in great need of, of um, health and protection. Um, but but I, I, I do think that uh, people have, have responded in, in uncharitable ways, certainly. Um, and I just think it's not, not overblown, but I think it has certainly been magnified by the media as maybe more than it should have been. But anyway, that's my opinion. Um, 
I always look at the, the side of it that, you know, God's in charge. So we, we put it in God's hands. We, we, we're prudent. We do what we have to do. We follow the guidelines the government gives us regarding uh, how to, how to pre- pre- prevent us from, from catching the virus. But I, as we're seeing now, more and more uh, numbers coming out that they believe, and I say they, whether it be uh, the federal uh, medical experts, Dr. Fauci and um, others who are saying that there probably are many, many more cases, asymptomatic people who have had this virus. Uh, so those numbers of deaths per confirmed cases, uh, the gap is getting much wider. And um, as I said, and any, any single death is a tragedy. But um, anyway, so just I, I just pray that we're, we're all unified in this. And I think we can get allow ourselves to be really be dragged down and pulled into the pit of fear and panic if we continue to watch on a regular basis all these things that are available to us, whether it be social media or the, the mainstream media, television, you know, the, the showing you statistics. And I, I guess what bothers me, too, is they're always giving you this statistic, another confirmed case, you know, another death. But they're not telling us how many people ha- have recovered from this thing. Uh, the Surgeon General uh, said that between 98 and 99 percent recover and survive, survive you know, and, and survive. There's not as they would any fl- any uh, type of flu. Um, so anyway, let's let's pray first, my friends, and then uh, uh, we'll take a little a break and, and bring Brian on. Um, we are praying the prayer that Holy Father composed to our Blessed Mother, specifically addressing the coronavirus uh, worldwide uh, situation. And um, so I invite you to pray, and we need to pray. You know, we need to... Uh, uh, pray for those who are suffering, those who are, are in critical condition, and there are, and that's certainly not a good thing, and then those, uh, sadly, who have passed on as a result of this. Um, and we just pray for protection. We pray for common sense, and we pray for charity in this, and we pray for uh, um, fortitude, strength to, to, to get through, because we will. We'll get through it. Um, and just stay close to the Lord. So let's begin as we begin all good things in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You know what we need. We are certain that you will provide so that, as you did at Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. And we ask all things in Jesus' name. Amen. And also, my friends, we'll continue to pray our prayer to St. Michael the Archangel and the Subtum Presidium prayer to Blessed Mother, as Holy Father asked, to protect the church from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, By the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. 
We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. St. Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. And you know, we pray, St. Corona, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. St. Corona is a, a, a patron saint, or one of the patron saints against plagues. Uh, and she uh, is um, uh, buried up in northern Italy. And um, I just saw, I think it was um, one of the, the Catholic um, publishers is now, you can get the prayer card, uh, praying the prayer of intercession to St. Corona. So we'll, we'll invoke her intercession. Why not? Uh, just to, again to remind you that um, the Mass will be broadcast again tonight at 7 p.m. We're trying to do that, do that every weeknight at 7 and Sunday nights too. Uh, and also now tomorrow is will mark the fourth anniversary of the passing of our dear, dear Mother Angelica. It was March 27th in 2016 that Mother was called home to the Lord. And so we... Um, uh, Remember that day, four years, I can't believe it's four years ago, but in memory, remembrance of that, tomorrow morning, Friday morning at 9 a.m., EWTN is going to pray a special rosary in memory of Mother. Uh, so we're going to air that, obviously, and it's going to go from 9 to 10. I guess there'll be meditations and things. So uh, if you normally listen to and pray the rosary at 9.30 with us and Father Groeschel, as I know many of you do, um, be aware tomorrow... The rosary will begin at 9 a.m. Okay, we won't have the Father Groeschel rosary on at 9.30. We'll have the special rosary live from EWTN uh, in memory of Mother Angelica starting at 9 a.m. So spread the word about that. I don't want people to tune in at 9 and, and they're praying the third mystery already and say, what happened? I know people get very upset. If the rosary's not on, you know, out of all the, all the programs we air here on the station, if the rosary doesn't come on when it's supposed to come on, I get phone calls. So just be aware... Tomorrow, the rosary will be prayed at 9 a.m. from 9 to 10 uh, in uh, memory of the fourth anniversary of the passing of Mother Angelica. And then at 1 p.m. tomorrow, we will bring you live from uh, St. Peter's. The Holy Father is going to have a holy hour. He's going to have the exposed Blessed Sacrament with him in St. Peter's Square. He'll be the only one there. Uh, but he has called the entire world together, okay? And he, he encouraged the media to carry this. So we'll bring it to you at 1 o'clock live tomorrow afternoon, and uh, we invite you, please, pray with us. Pray with the Holy Father. Um, I don't believe, and I just emailed them again, that EWTN is going to carry it live. I, I, I don't know why. Why not? Um, so I'm going to go try to go through other avenues to bring it to you live, uh, and I think the network is going to broadcast it delayed at three o'clock in the end. But anyway, I want to go live because with this special Irby et Orbi blessing that the Holy Father will give, which he uh, traditionally only gives on Easter and Christmas, but a special Irby et Orbi blessing that's to the city and to the world, to Rome and to the world. Uh, and with that blessing from the Holy Father during this holy hour will come the opportunity for a plenary indulgence. Uh, and of course, the other conditions have to be met, and you can look that up. I don't have them in front of me here, but I know it does involve receiving Holy Communion and also going to confession. Uh, the norms say within 20 days. Well, 
given the current situation, it may be a little longer than 20, but trust me, God's not, he's not checking off in his book there. <laughs> Sorry, 20 days are up. He didn't, no, he won't do that. Uh, but here's an opportunity for a plenary indulgence with this special Irvi et Orbi blessing from Pope Francis tomorrow at one o'clock during his holy hour in St. Peter's Square, a vacant St. Peter's Square. Very, very unusual and just goes to emphasize the strangeness of the times in which we are now <laughs> passing through. So um, please join us then at 1 o'clock live from Rome. And then, of course, Cheryl and I will be here at 4 o'clock with Friday Live. Uh, a lot of strange things going on, my friends, I know. But, you know, we come together. We, we, we are unified in prayer. And it's so important that we are. And as uh, you know, I've shared with you, and, and you hopefully by now know, our spring radiothon, which was supposed to begin on April 1st, next Wednesday, has been postponed. We've not canceled it. We're just pushing it back into the later in the spring when hopefully things will get pretty much back to normal. Um, we know that people are not focused all the time now. There's so many things going on and, and other things that people are people's are, are you know taking people's attention away. Um, but we do have our needs here. You know, we have our financial needs. We 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 only exist by your generosity. So um, we're gonna have to take a little hit. Our radiothon this time of year is what we count on to kind of carry us through the fall. Uh, without that radiothon, it's going to be tough. So we just postponed it. We've not canceled it. I'm asking you, though, if you are a regular monthly donor or you can in any way uh, support us in the meantime, please go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and make an online donation. Simple and easy. You don't have to go to the outside and go to the post office or lick a stamp or whatever you do with the stamps. You just have to go online, click Donate Now and make a donation that's convenient and comfortable for you because we do need you, my friends. Uh, okay, so let me take a break, and then when we come back, uh, I'm going to bring on our friend uh, Brian Middleton, and Brian is going to talk a little bit about, share some thoughts on responsible stewardship, especially during these types of days in which we find ourselves where the economy is just all over the place and, and people are, are afraid. So anyway, Brian will be here. Don't go away. There's more to come. Be right back. It started like it does for many people, question my faith and question authority. And I feel that the reason why I left was the, the draw of the world. The world was pulling me away. Some people would say, you know, Satan would, you know, Satan was working on me. He did not want me in church. He wanted me to be desperate. He wanted me to have the thoughts of suicide. I started to realize that a lot of the things that I experienced in my life were a result of my rebellion against God and against authority. Coming back to the church is the first step in healing from all of the hurts of the world. I went from being desperate and in despair to finding hope and encouragement for, for the future. I'm on God's team. I, I know who I belong to and I know where I'm going and there's nothing that can separate me from God's love. Take another look at the Catholic Church. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. This is Oblate Father Andrew Small, National Director of the Pontifical Mission Societies in the United States. A Lenten Reflection. Some say that we're no deeper than what's carved into us. It's love with all its labors that merits such a fuss. But I would add a little sad. It's only half the cup. What also makes us deeper is what we've given up. It's a lesson from the missions.
brought to you by the Pontifical Mission Societies. To learn more about becoming a missionary right where you are, visit our website at onefamilyandmission.org. Remember, if you're baptized, you're a missionary. Through prayer and sacrifice, in word and witness, we're all part of this one family and mission. All righty, welcome back, friends. And uh, as I promised, joining us now is our friend, uh, the Mexican Church Media board member and really a, a, a member of our family for so many years now, he and uh, his wife Susan and their family. As we shared with you a, a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, Brian was here uh, telling the story of his journey and uh, Susan's journey, their journey together as family regarding their daughter Maria, who uh, has a, uh, a tumor on her brain stem. Uh, Brian, happy to talk with you today. And, and um, before we get into our main topic, but would you mind giving a little update on Maria at this point? Yeah, hi, Jimmy. Hi, hi to all our listeners. Um, Maria c- continues to uh, be status quo. Um, she's, um, she's struggling physically. Um, she's, she's strong spiritually. And uh, I just want to encourage everybody to continue with the prayers. Um, the, she, we, we need them right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're praying that we continue to have the faith and the courage as a family to deal with this. And Maria specifically asked if I was going to ask for prayers today to, to pray for endurance for her. Mm. Um, it's been a, a, a year of, of struggle and suffering. Um, and, and there's been many, many good things that have come out of it, many miracles and, and uh, many people coming to the Lord. And, and um, Maria is just asking uh that God allow her to continue to endure and until we can proclaim his greatness through, um, through her miracle. Okay. We will. And listeners, you, you, you've been praying so faithfully for oh, over a year now. So we'll just keep those prayers coming. So thank you for sharing that with us and give, yeah, of course, uh, Susan and, and Maria, our, our, our love. I will. Um, I, 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 you know, you and I have been, we've been hanging out for a long time now, many, many years, and uh, I've gotten to know you and your expertise and your, your wisdom and your, your, uh, great knowledge in, in certain areas of, of business. Um, but I also know that as a faithful Catholic, you have a, a great awareness of the balance between good business, good stewardship, and practicing your faith. We're in a time right now where many people are afraid. They, we, we watch the stock market crashing and we, we see the economy tanking. Um, just maybe you can talk a little bit about that and response, even in this responsible stewardship and what people should really be looking toward and how they should be reacting to this spiritually. Yeah, I mean, Jim, it's certainly it's an interesting time, but uh, but our call really never changes. It's it, our call is is very simply seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all things shall be given to you, as as it says in Matthew. And and I think in times. Of stress in times of crisis, it's. I think we have to really ask ourselves and go back to our basics and, and who are we, and and what do we value? Um, what what's happening? I think financially is that a lot of people are being moved uh, by fear, um, and and as whenever you, I mean, an old baseball analogy, you know, when when you're playing baseball, if if you get all tensed up and you're squeezing the bat handle, your swing slows down, and that's an appropriate analogy on what should be opening day of baseball mm-hmm. um, today. Yeah, uh, and and I think that 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 people should do their best to keep the basics in mind. Uh, from a stewardship standpoint, you know, we we are called to tithe, uh, which is ten percent, um, and ten percent of if you lose your income, ten percent of zero is zero. Um, but we should continue to reach out um, 
and and extend ourselves in, in any way, not not just with monetarily, but with our time, treasure, and talents. You know, something when you, we talked about this the other day that I, I was reminded of is, and it's always stayed with me, but I, I, I heard a homily many years ago, and I wish I could remember uh, who to give credit, but they talked about the difference between the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea, and that the, the Sea of Galilee, if you go there, it's just teeming with life, uh, with vegetation, trees, with, with wildlife and fish in the water. And that's because the Jordan Sea flows into one end, and then it releases the water, and it, and it continues to flow. And then as you go further down the Jordan River, you come to this lifeless body of water. No plants, no fish, and no visible signs of life. And that's, that's the Dead Sea, because the, the Jordan River flows into it, but it, it hoards the water. It, there's no place for it to flow. Uh, and so since the water's not flowing, it, it becomes a salty, lifeless body of water. And in, in our, our life, Susan and I and our family have tried to always keep that in mind. Um, and be good stewards with your money, um, but don't react to fearful situations. And, in, and even in times of financial crisis, um, continue to let, let the waters of life flow through you with your time, treasure, and talents. I, I, Jim, I, I, you, you know me pretty well, but... I'm not sure anymore that I can take any credit for being a good, holy person by doing that, because God has rewarded us in so many ways that it seems like we can't outgive the Lord. The more that we give, the more the more grace flows into our lives. And um, sometimes I'm questioning whether or not I just, I just figured out how to game the system. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Cheryl and I were talking at breakfast this morning about the current situation and, and the stimulus package that was approved by the Senate and, and eventually the House and the President said he will sign it. And the money that will flow uh, both to business and individuals and families and unemployment, et cetera, we were saying, you know, people really aren't going to feel much of a pinch necessarily. And there are people I know who, who, who will, but for the majority of people now through this stimulus won't feel much of a pinch. We're, we're such a wealthy nation. But as you, you and I spoke a little earlier today, that we're going to be printing a lot of money. <laughs> we, are, we are going to be printing a lot of money. I, I think in the short term, uh, you know, it, I guess it, you could make the case that because we send money all over the world and, and even money, good good money that doesn't get where it's supposed to go, that it's nice that the government's going to turn and help the Americans that are in need right now. But at the same time, the printing of the money, you know, it's hard to not imagine it leading to an inflationary time. Mm. Um, I think the good news is that it's going to help stabilize things uh, and, and help us find that new normal. Um, and so people hopefully will will give up whatever it is that, that they've been fearing. Mm. Um, but I, I want to continue to encourage people. I mean, you know, fear is never from God. I mean, Bible tells us over and over again that, that we shouldn't fear, that we've got to align ourselves. Um, and, and you know, it's, it's almost like when I watch most of the media, it's almost like they're playing on our, on our fear. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this become this survival at any price mentality that, that, that I think actually denies the very purpose of our existence, which is to know, love, and serve God in this world and be happy with Him in heaven. You know, it, 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 it almost... I don't want too strong of a word, but it almost insults our Savior, who literally came to this world to die for us, to free us. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, and if I if I could step on on the soapbox just for a minute, I'm I'm tired of hearing people who support abortion talk about the, the need of saving lives. Mm-hmm. Um, they play on that fear, and then they include into this package. They try to include funding of Planned Parenthood. Right. 
and the, and the governor of New Jersey, in in terms of saving lives, uh, says that we suspends all elective surgeries except for abortions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think there is a spiritual component to what's going on here that that we can't minimize, and I and I think it reaches all the way down into each of our individual hearts and souls, and we just have to really look at ourselves and and if if supporting. Uh, a particular foundation or a particular cause was important three weeks ago. It's, it's still important today. Um, our church and our ministries uh, still need us. In fact, I believe that they're part of this, the real solution to this spiritual battle that's being waged through this virus. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm, I'm still a little bit skeptical because the numbers simply aren't proving out to be what uh, the... the equal to the fear that has been instilled in us. Right. And, I, you know, I, 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 as I said earlier, you and I talked again earlier, but I was mentioning to the listeners, you know, it's all a matter of perspective. You, you put this and these numbers in perspective, put them up against uh, 10 years ago during the, the swine flu pandemic, which was a pandemic, and the number and it lasted a year, basically, and, and the numbers compared to the numbers we see today. Uh, you know, and you you mentioned that. Unfortunately, if you mention it, you, people assume you're downplaying the current situation, and and you're, people are almost afraid to bring up facts. <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, and and isn't isn't that the way that the devil works? I mean, mm. the devil the devil works in in the darkness, and he works with deception. And but the truth of the matter is, Dr. Fauci, who is who is one of the leaders of of Donald Trump's team, on this came out today and said, as he looks at the numbers, and as the numbers, uh begin to grow in terms of the numerator of the mortality rate um, and, and, the, and the fact that we can't even measure how many people may have had this and have gotten over it, that it, that it isn't going to be any, any worse than a, a, a significant strain of, of, a, of an annual flu. Now, you probably won't see that in the media, but, but he said it in the New England Journal of Medicine today. Mm. I, well, I hope he says it at the press conference they have every day. <laughs> He's out there. He should right. say it. He should say it. But yeah, that's true. And, and uh, that's but you're right. I think the media really has driven the fear factor. And that's what they seem to be doing. They're after ratings. They're after, you know, these these dramatic numbers. I mean, the headline last night you put on the news. Now, you and I live in, in, in Philadelphia, right. Bucks County. Watch the Philadelphia news last night. Another death in Pennsylvania has been announced. There probably were more people than that shot in Philadelphia yesterday than there were, uh, sadly, that were then died from the, uh, the the virus. So it's all a matter of perspective and what they're playing up and what they want you to hear. What they the media is so controlling, and uh, you know, being a part of that, we know we understand that, but we can't let that fear overtake us. No, no, and I think we, this is a chance where we have to turn to the Lord. And, I, and I, look, we're going to have to dig in. I mean. There, there is a component of us becoming a little bit of a remnant church, um, but but this is not something that we should fear. If we we should be able to find comfort and find courage uh, in our faith, um, it's it's getting a little harder to look out and see courageous leadership leading us in the direction of the Lord. But but we should not fear death. I mean, you know, the Psalm twenty three. I mean, we this we should not be willing to compromise our values. For this all-encompassing, you know, survival at any price. Mm. Yeah. Um, there, there, there are things that we have to decide how we're going to live out our lives and how we're going to, and how our value systems are going to manifest themselves during difficult times. I, I think this is a good opportunity for us to wake up call to say, you know, who are we, 
and and where are we going as as individuals? Mm-hmm. Who, you know, what do we truly value? This is a time where you hold on to your values. You don't abandon them. It's a time when you hold on to your faith. You don't abandon them. It's a time when you lead people to Christ. You don't say we're shutting shutting them down for a, a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And 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 we have to continue to do that in whatever way we can. We have to we have to let our faith manifest itself in our willingness to reach out to our our, our brothers and sisters and to continue to support worthy causes. Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get through this. Um, and if we happen to be one of the one tenth of one percent that. God calls home, we need to be ready for that, too. That it but was, we can't hear it. That's right, that it was God's will, you know, that, that this happens the way it happens. I mean, nobody's—everybody has limited time on the planet. Uh, we're right. all here only for, you know, a, a certain no, given, given number of days and years, and the Lord knows what that is. And, uh, yeah. you know, through his permissive will, allowing, the, allowing this, allowing this situation to, to occur, he always will draw a greater good out of that. Um, but there will be, unfortunately, you know, some who will be called. And these aren't—I'm not at a point in my life where these are just pious words. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're, we're living and battling with these thoughts every day of our lives, of, of who are we and what do we value. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're going through an experience as a family that has challenged us at the very level, and, and, and we've, we've made the decision that we're going to honor our values. We've made the decision that we're not going to withdraw into a cloistered experience. We're, we're going to allow ourselves to be vulnerable to the world— we're going to continue to use our time, treasure, and talents to, to honor the Lord in the ways that we were honoring Him before, and we're going to find ways to praise Him through a difficult time. I, I mean, between you and me, Jim, I wish I was wish the coronavirus was heavy on my mind. Yeah, right. It would mean, right. it would mean a thing that is isn't a part of our life right now. That's right. But I, I'm only saying that because these these aren't pious words; these are pragmatic words of of, of living. Mm-hmm. And and I would just encourage everybody to just continue to be the person that God created you to be. This is no reason to change your plan. It's a it's a reason to double down on who you are and what you value. It's it's a time to double down on on your praise and worship of the Lord, and it's a time to double down on reaching out to other people and and to introduce them to Jesus. Because the fear here is the fear of losing everything temporal, and we're going to lose it anyhow. And frankly, it doesn't sustain. That's right. No, it, no, it doesn't sustain. No stone we left unturned in the end. You know. Right. Ryan, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Uh, you're Good always, talking to you. Yeah, you too. Always welcome to come back, and uh, we'll have to go out on the sandlot and hit, hit a couple of balls around because there's no, base, <laughs> no baseball anywhere else. <laughs> and God bless you and, and the audience, yeah. and thank you, everybody, for, for your prayers. God bless you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, friends, you stay where you are. I'll be back with more. Don't go away. People think that street evangelization involves yelling out of a bullhorn telling people that they're going to hell. Not so with St. Paul Street Evangelization. Our methods are non-confrontational and effective. We simply offer information on the Catholic faith along with rosaries, miraculous medals, and prayer. Pope Francis wrote about how beautiful it is to see street preachers joyfully bringing Jesus to every corner of the earth. Street evangelization is fun and fruitful. Join us today at streetevangelization.com.
Hi, I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope on these domestic church media stations. Sixty seconds with Mother Angelica. God created each one of us, but He had in mind, regardless of how we look from childhood to old age, we change physically, but we don't change in His mind. See? Why? Because God has a specific degree of union with Him, holiness, we call it, for every one of you. And it's all different. See, we're all different. And we are called to be different because it glorifies God. He just doesn't make robots. Now, why you say, well, why are some holier than others? Well, that's your fault. <laughs> that's not his fault. If we accept the good, the bad, and indifferent of every day, every day, we'll all be holy in a different way. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go Go to GoodShop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit GoodShop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your Internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's GoodShop.com, and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. GoodShop.com. From Bristol to Browns Mills. Shrewsbury to Solberry. Atlantic Highlands to Allentown. Ocean Grove to Oxford Valley. From Lawrenceville to Leonardo. Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Proclaiming Jesus Christ in the new springtime of the church. All righty, welcome back. And uh, thanks for being with us on this beautiful day. As I said earlier, I hope you're getting a chance to get outside, get some fresh air, open the windows, open the doors, get the kids out, backyard, throw a ball around, you know, just uh, enjoy the beautiful day. I was driving over and I saw the forsythias in bloom and other other beautiful flowers. So I hope you're enjoying in this late, uh, early spring day that the Lord has blessed us because the next few days I think are going to be kind of iffy, the rain and overcast and things. So get out and enjoy it. Uh, thanks again to Brian Middleton for joining us, and uh, we will certainly continue to keep Maria and the whole family in our prayers. And Maria is a beautiful young woman, strong, giving great witness, and uh, 
example of, of, of true faith and hope, and I'm going to share that with you in a moment when we go to the Catechism on section on hope, uh, because we do need that. You know, we, we are living in a world, as I said, if you watch, the, all, if all you do is watch the news or read social media about this particular situation we find ourselves in, you will be dragged down. No one's giving the positive, the positive spin on it. And there is a positive spin. Uh, 98 to 99 percent of people who get the virus survive it. I think what bothers me is that it makes it sound like if you get this virus, it's a death sentence. And that's not true because if you get this virus, there's 98 to 99% uh, opportunity that you're going to survive. Um, but you're not getting that. All you're getting are the negative numbers, the, the, the doomsday numbers. And yes, any death is tragic. Any serious uh, illness is tragic and can be tragic. But if 98 to 99% of these, this is from information from the Surgeon General of the United States, who said 98 to 99% of people who get the virus survive it. And, there are, and as you heard Brian say, Dr. Fauci, 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 Fauci if you pronounce it in Italian, it's Fauci, um, stated that uh, there are more undetected cases out there, people who are asymptomatic, who don't even know they had it or have it. And so, you know, there's... Anyway, we're going to focus on the positive. You know the old song by Bing Crosby, you have to accentuate the positive. Uh, and as people of faith, our positive comes through the hope that we have in the Lord and that he will see us through this. Before we get to the catechism, real quick, again, reminding you that tomorrow, well, first of all, tonight, 7 p.m., we're going to broadcast the Mass again. So if you missed Mass today, you want to just listen, you know, get into your... A beautiful thing, I did it this morning with Morning Mass um, with their, on, the, on our radio station. And just, just really just kind of place myself spiritually in that beautiful EWTN chapel. I didn't watch it. I listened to it on the radio and just listened to the readings and the homily and the prayers. It's a beautiful way to, to spend your evening, you know, turn the news off at 7 o'clock tonight and put on our Mass and listen, just participate in the Mass. Make that beautiful spiritual communion. That's 7 o'clock tonight. Of course, we'll have Mass on again live tomorrow morning, 8 o'clock. And then at 9 o'clock in the morning tomorrow, because tomorrow is the fourth anniversary of the passing of our dear mother Angelica, we're going to, not we, but the network is going to have, we're going to broadcast it, uh, and a rosary in memory of mother Angelica beginning at 9 a.m. tomorrow. So our normal 9.30 rosary will not be heard. We're going to bring you the live EWTN rosary starting at 9 a.m. So please spread the word about that. If you're a regular rosary listener slash prayer here on our stations, make note that tomorrow, Friday, the rosary will begin at 9 a.m., okay? And it's a beautiful rosary in memory of Mother's passing. And then at 1 p.m., we're going to take you to Rome, to St. Peter's Square, a vacant St. Peter's Square, uh, because, you know, the, it's closed. No one's allowed in. But Holy Father Pope Francis, the Vicar of Christ, is going to expose the Blessed Sacrament, and he's going to make a holy hour. And there will be scripture and other things, but he's going to give a very special Urbi et Orbi blessing. And this blessing is usually only given on Christmas and Easter. But in, because of the situation we find ourselves in, and you know, Italy, out of all the countries that I think has suffered the most, uh, Holy Father uh, is going to make a holy hour and give this special blessing, Urbi et Orbi, which translates to the city and to the world. Uh, and uh, through that blessing, there will be the opportunity to, to obtain a plenary indulgence the other conditions have to be met, you know, praying for the, the intentions of the Holy Father, et cetera. But it does mention 
uh, holy, reception of Holy Communion and uh, the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Now, you're saying, well, we can't do that. There are no ma- Right. There's no masses. You can't receive. The norms say, you know, within 20 days of the blessing. But don't you know that the Lord himself is going to say, look, I know when, you can, when finally you can get to, to mass and get to communion and get to confession, you will go. And a plenary indulgence is a very, very powerful indulgence, my friends. And the Holy Father has invited the entire world to participate in this holy hour tomorrow. Uh, so it is an honor for us to be able to be, be a venue through which you can participate. You have other opportunities. As I said, I, I, the last I heard was EWTN is not going to carry it live. They're going to uh, uh, delay it and put it on at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and then I think maybe 8 o'clock at night. But I, I want to go live when you get the actual blessing. So I'm, I'm working out ways with, that we can broadcast that here at 1 o'clock. Um, and uh, bring it to you. This is why, as I think Brian made a good point earlier when he said, you know, the church, uh, through the various ministries and apostolates such as ours, we are the ones who are who are doing the spiritual battle here. You recall last um, uh, last week, the Holy Father prayed a rosary, worldwide rosary. The world came together just this past Wednesday, the feast of the yesterday, the feast of the Assumption. Holy Father called the world at seven a.m. our time noon his time in Rome, to come together and raise up the Lord's Prayer. So Pope Francis has taken the spiritual lead, really lead the world spiritually in fighting this virus and the spiritual aspects of, of this. We know that, that there's nothing in the world more powerful than God himself. This virus is no more powerful than God, obviously. God can, by, just by willing it, can destroy it. Um, so we're praying for these miracles. We're praying for this thing to get out of here so we can get back to, to normal. Already that we've been wounded, severely wounded in many ways. And yes, people have lost their lives. But we're seeing our world, I think, react in a way that is very, very uh, dangerous. Um, just as, as Brian said earlier, what, where, where, what, are we, what are we worshiping? What are we, what are we holding on to? Who are our and what are our gods here? So anyway, that... Rosary tomorrow, 9 a.m. for Mother Angelica, and then at 1 o'clock, the Holy Hour from Rome with Pope Francis. Then Cheryl and I will be here at 4 o'clock with Friday Life. All right, let's go to the catechism today. We have a little bit of time left. And this is, I thought, you know, as we're going through the catechism, as we do on Thursdays, to go to the section in the catechism that teaches about hope. You know, that's what we need. We need hope. And let's just see what the catechism teaches about this virtue. Paragraph 1817 says, Hope is the theological virtue by which we desire the kingdom of heaven and eternal life as our happiness, placing our trust in Christ's promises and relying not on our own strength, but on the help of the grace of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, my friends, as as we know through our teaching, and as I said earlier, as we talked earlier, you know, our time on this planet is limited, has been limited from the minute God infused an immortal soul in us. Nobody is, is meant to be in this world forever. We're meant to be with God forever. And, you know, I think when we look at the reaction of the world to the coronavirus and through the media hype, which is, is instilling fear in the hearts of 
as, as many people as they hope to instill fear in them. They're doing this intentionally, I believe, for ratings and, 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 and for other reasons, making us think the way they present it. I mean, don't you think subliminally, if you watch Fox News, subliminally on the right-hand side of the screen, they continually have the worldwide cases and the numbers of death. That's what they're showing you, Regu- ongoing. What do you think they're trying to do to you subliminally? That if you get this virus, you're going to die. And that's not true. It's not, it's, it's not true at all. And we as people of God know, look, we're all going to die, number one. And we as people of faith, hopefully that when that time comes, when the Lord calls us home, we're in the state of grace. Because our hope teaches us, as, as the Catechism teaches, the theological virtue that is hope is that which we desire the kingdom of heaven and eternal life. That's what we were created for. We weren't created for this world. Yes, we have a, we have a mission while we're here. God has given each one of us tasks to do along the way. But we mustn't fear death. You see, the world does fear death. People of the world fear death. Because when they die, that's all they have is the world. We know that we have something so much better beyond this world. We certainly don't want to die. But we know that we're journeying through this life with the hope that we one day will spend eternity with God in the kingdom of heaven. And not only will we see Christ reigning in heaven, we will reign with him. That's our hope. We hope for eternal life as our happiness, our trust in the promises of Christ, not relying on our own strength, but on the help of the grace of the Holy Spirit. The Catechism also says in paragraph 18, the virtue of hope responds to the aspiration to happiness which God has placed in the heart of every man. It takes up the hopes that inspire men's activities and purify them so as to order them to the kingdom of heaven. It keeps man from discouragement. It sustains him during times of abandonment. It opens up his heart in expectation of eternal beatitude, Buoyed by hope, he is preserved from selfishness and led to the happiness that flows from charity. Maybe that's why people of of faith aren't really panicking. And those who have no faith, those who have no trust, tend, not all, but tend to be more fearful. Nobody wants to get sick. Nobody wants to be in intensive care. Nobody wants to, you know, have a, a, a three-week cough. I know Cheryl had it. <laughs> I'm telling you. And when that, if, if that antibody, antibody test is ever uh, made you know, you know, available, she wants to go. Because I, I, I know from every way they describe this illness, this virus, back in December, started with a sore throat, got a fever for a day developed this horrible dry cough, fatigue. She was so tired, and it lasted into Christmas. Well, now she's fine, obviously, thanks be to God. But she didn't die, obviously. 
And there is, yes, there are people who are, who are, who are dying from this thing. But there are more people dying from the flu. But, but my, my point here, though, in, in this section of the program is, is to, to just let us know that, look, we have and should have great hope because this virtue, as the Catechism says, responds to our aspirations to happiness that God has placed in the heart of every person. We know that no matter how it comes in this life, no matter how it comes, it could come instantly in a, in a tragic accident. It could come and be prolonged in, in, in a terminal illness. It could come just at the end of our days. Time's up. I think of my, 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 my mother and father both passed away within, I guess, two, two and a half years of each other. My mom first. And she she passed away suddenly. Just just, I mean, she had had a, a, an issue with one of her uh, valves, and she was in the hospital for a while. And then uh, everything seemed to be fine. They released her, and the next day, just dropped. That's it. Went home. Time was up. I don't mean to sound cold and callous, but that's that's the way it happened. And my dad who lived to be 92, just his life was exhausted. That was the end. He went through a good, strong, healthy life. And in 92, uh, began to suffer from dementia, and then the Lord called him home. We know others, and you know, friends, that death will come. But our hope is that it's not the end. We understand that that's not the end of life. Hope tells us that that's just the beginning. What The physical death we experience in this, in this world is the beginning of an eternal life. And as I said, we're, you know, we're not looking for death here. <laughs> we're not hoping for death here. We know we have God has given us life in this world for a purpose. We have task. We have mission. We are called to build up the kingdom of God here on earth as disciples of Christ. We're called to, to bring that light into a world of darkness. The world is very dark right now. The world is at a, at a place that um, we, we haven't been, at least in our lifetime, right? When I, when I read the statistics, I got to tell you, I was, you know, I, I look, look at some of these numbers from the... Um, swine flu pandemic that we had in 2009-2010, I have to tell you, I don't remember that. My kids, two of my children were in college, and I asked them, I said, do you remember, like, the extreme measures to prevent getting the swine flu? They, they both lived in, in, in dormitories, and they, and they said, I think Angela said, we were told not to eat certain chicken, certain meat or something <laughs> But I was looking at the statistics. I think 12,000 people in the U.S. died from the swine flu in 2009-2010. It lasted a year. It was, it was a pandemic for a year. Over 12,000 people in the U.S. died from that swine flu. I don't remember it. And maybe it's just me, but I'm usually pretty good about remembering things. But I believe it was the way people re, re, reacted to it. I know there were no hazmat teams with tents taking tests. 
out in parking lots, and I know that businesses were not closed. I know there was no major financial crisis. In fact, we were just getting off of one. So these things come. We're in an imperfect world as a result of sin. And God, by his permissive will, allows things like this to happen. It doesn't mean that we are so naive to say, well, I don't have to worry about it. Uh, God will take care of everything. God requires us to be, you know, do our part too. And I think the guidelines put out by the, by the uh, federal government about personal hygiene and, and you know, staying away from people who are sick, et cetera, just common sense. You know, you have to tell somebody who's sick, don't go to work <laughs> or don't send your child to school if they're sick. You really have to tell somebody that? But we will get out of it. And our hope, my brothers and sisters, this beautiful theological virtue will get us through and should be getting us through. We are good people. <laughs> we're not, you know, we're not bad people. God's not, he's not sending down a plague to get you to get me. We're sinful people. We make a lot of mistakes. We sin. We go to confession. We, may, we repent. We, we return to the Lord. But God has given us this and allowed this, I should say, for a reason to bring about a greater good. And I'm praying that greater good, those greater goods are many. But remember that it is this hope, as the Catechism says in paragraph 1818, that keeps us from discouragement. It sustains us during times of abandonment. I mean, right now, do you feel as if you are I don't think God has abandoned us. I think God is, is, has wrapped his arms around us. And he's given, allowing us to, to, to experience this and, and, and leading us through this. And you and I, my friends, who, who have faith, who have trust, who believe, who have hope, mustn't fear. Paragraph 1819 says, Christian hope takes up and fulfills the hope of the chosen people, which has had its origin and model in the hope of Abraham, who was blessed abundantly by the promise of God fulfilled by, in Isaac and who was purified by the rest of the sacrifice. Um, hoping against hope, he believed and thus became the father of many nations. Christian hope unfolds from the beginning of Jesus' preaching and the proclamation of the Beatitudes. You know, the Holy Father in his general audiences has been teaching about the Beatitudes. Of course, he's not having those large general audiences now, but back in the beginning of the year, he began to teach about the Beatitudes, these beautiful teachings of the Lord. And, and here the, the Catechism says that our hope unfolds from Christ's preaching in the proclamation of these Beatitudes. The Beatitudes raise our hope toward heaven as the new promised land. So here's something, maybe a good spiritual exercise. Turn off the news, get off of social media, go to your Bible, and read the Beatitudes. I'm going to take it. Is it Matthew 5? <laughs> I'm being a good Catholic here. Not sure, <laughs> but I believe it is. But what a, great, what a great way to spend your evening today. Beatitudes give us great hope. Turn off the TV, turn off the news, turn off the social media, and just read the Beatitudes. Because the Catechism says the Beatitudes raise our hope toward heaven as the new promised land. They trace the path that leads through the trials that await the disciples of Jesus. But through the merits of Jesus Christ and his passion, Christ, I'm sorry, God keeps us in the hope that does not 
disappoint. Hope is the sure and steadfast anchor of the soul that enters where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf. Hope is also a weapon that protects us in the struggle of salvation. I think, sadly, a lot of people who are uh, fearing, and I'm talking the people who don't believe in, in God, perhaps, or question God or uh, have no faith, they, they fear this because they fear this could be the end of everything for them. And you and I know that mm, death, is a, death is, is, is a part of life. Death is, is inevitable. You can't avoid it. But death is a birth into new life for us. God created us not for this world. The hope that we have is the hope of eternal life with God. And in all things, whether it be tragedy to this magnitude that we're experiencing right now or personal tragedy, we're all going to reach that, as our dear Father Groeschel, God rest his soul, would say, we're all going to get off that exit ramp at one point <laughs> and leave this world and enter into new life with Christ. That's our hope. So situations like this, the normal and natural human reaction to it, yes, there are certain things that everybody, just it's, it's in our nature. But spiritually, as we've been living through this now, uh, kind of getting, putting things in perspective, understanding that, number one, it's not going to be that bad, I don't believe. And number two, we have everything to look forward to through the hope that we have. Okay, now, tomorrow, uh, again, 9 o'clock, rosary in the morning, uh, honor, uh, in, mem in memory of Mother Angelica's passing four years ago. Rome at 1 o'clock, Holy Father's Herbie at Orbe Blessing, uh, plenary indulgence opportunity there. Charlotte and I will be here at 4 o'clock with Friday Live. So have a great rest of your day. Enjoy the rest of this day. Get outside. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you.